Hey guys, Chris here, just on some shitty microphone. Just letting you know that the audio for this podcast uh, unfortunately got a bit of an echo, uh, which affected Barry much more than it did me, so sorry about that. Enjoy! I'm Chris. And I'm Barry. And this is the GameStormers Podcast. What are we talking about today, Mr. Barry? We have a few things on our agenda. We do? Yes, and the word I meant to say was agenda. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) We're going to be talking about gaming consoles and devices in general. Yeah, so we had a few things that we were talking about, a few topics that we were floating, and they all kind of coagulated (laughs) together into talking about devices and the future of devices. So that's what we're going to talk about today. So Baz posed a question that I thought was actually quite an interesting one. I didn't have an immediate answer, which was... Is there any more room in the gaming console market for a brand new gaming console? So something that's... Why are you saying that like it's a game show? What's behind door number three? (laughs) It's a gaming console. (laughs) That's an interesting one. We've got some heavy hitters. So we actually made a list of consoles and we realized that it was bigger than we thought it was. Like, there's the obvious ones. There's PS4, Xbox, Nintendo Switch. And then we're like, hmm, actually, then you got 3DS. And then there's a whole other segment that we're going to talk about later. Um, And then, of course, virtual reality. So there's actually more than you think. So is there room in that whole thing for another console? What do you reckon, Buzzy? Because you raised this question. So what 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 were you thinking? What were you thinking? What was going through my brain bits? I was thinking, so we've got PS4 and Xbox have, like just juking it out. Those are the two top competitors. Yeah. And then you've just got Nintendo by the wayside, just sort of plugging away like, hey, we've got great games and we've always got great games. Buy our thing like you always do. It's, like, yeah, you're right. Because PS4 and Xbox kind of satiate the same customer. Yeah. Like it's, it's higher quality graphics. It's HDR, 4K, all that sort of stuff. And you really, like, they're both the high-end console. So, really, they're kind of trying to get a slice of the same customer. Um, And then, like you said, the Switch is actually for someone else entirely. Um, And there's no reason why, like, for me, for example, like, I use the PS4 quite a lot. Um, And then I have the Nintendo Switch as, like, a secondary console. Um, But it ends up kind of turning into a primary console. And they're they're different. They, They are genuinely different consoles with a completely different feel to them and entirely different games. So, you're right. Where do you think something should come in? The question of the century. I was thinking, I think PS4 and Xbox, you just leave those two just in their endless battle for supremacy and you get a new challenger for Nintendo. I was thinking maybe, like, there was a... What what made me think about it is there was a console called the Ouya about oh, three or four years ago and I thought that was interesting. It was a almost like a homebrew Android console that was designed at having smaller indie titles uh, exclusively on this tiny little console. And I thought that would be cool just to shake it up with maybe like a homebrew style console that comes with uh, maybe even tools to develop your own games on the console itself. So it's kind of like a dev kit built in to a games console. Yeah, something like that. And I thought to myself, like I thought it might be like analogous to Google Play Store, but obviously uh, screened a little bit better so there's no spammy crap on there. So kind of like, oh yeah, so like, Based on the Android architecture. I remember the device. The problem is that we're talking about a potential console, but where's the OEA now? Where is that? 
on my top shelf that was never opened. And like, but where's the console <laughs> in the market now? I don't think yeah, it's that gone. it's pretty much disappeared, which is a bit of a shame because I, I, I do like the concepts. If it was like a curated games list, it's only quality games that are console like, playable with a joystick, that sort of stuff. Um, that makes sense. But apparently it doesn't. So do you reckon there should be a resurgence? Do you reckon there should be like a or your two like an attempt, a second attempt to come back with that? Or do you think that the see my my view on this is Nintendo, PS4, and Xbox have all opened their arms to indies. Yeah. In a way that is quite smart because it kind of subverts another console coming into the market because the indies are like, well, I can publish on these places now and it's actually not too bad. Yeah. So what do you reckon? If, if that's the case, if these guys are letting the indies in out of the goodness of their heart, which really it sounds like it's to avoid a bit of a game war, then what's... What's left? Is there is there room? Yeah. Well, maybe even there's room for like a retro, a new retro console. Like, have you seen, I think there's a virtual console called the Pico or something like that. It's like 64 pixels by 64 pixels and people develop, it's just like an an application Yeah. and people develop code for that virtual console. Yeah, I think we were sent a, a key for a game, a thing, a thing that was based on that. But is that, that's not something that can be a mass market console, is it? No, I don't think so, but maybe something like that, something in the vein of like a retro console that you can develop for. But, but, but like, I guess... If you're talking about something like that, that already exists. There's a whole bunch of like kit bashing stuff where you can like build like mini handheld fake Game Boy stuff and program your own games for it, like using Arduinos and RetroPies and all that sort of stuff. Like that, that segment already exists. And there's actually stacks and stacks of uh, quote unquote consoles that you can buy for that. But I, I, I guess I was, I thought you were talking about like a first party branded console where there's games that are built just for it sort of thing um, that comes in at the scale of PS4, Xbox, Nintendo that comes becomes mass market. Show themselves as a heavy hitter in the market, yeah, to be taken seriously. I, I would love for there for t- to be one. Like, really, you've got... Even if you look at, like, social media, for example, like, can you see someone coming in and toppling Facebook, for example? No, but I want to. I, I, when you said face, when you said social media, my brain exploded to, like, a social media console? What? <laughs> like, no. What do you mean, like Farmville? Yeah. I mean, Turn like, your likes into into Facebook dollars. Yeah, that sounds terrible. <sighs> really, I mean, using the analogy of a social network, like the main competitor to Facebook is Instagram, owned by Facebook. Um, you've got Snapchat, which has just been copied by Instagram now to the point where it will eventually diminish and disappear. Yeah. People that don't like Facebook go on Instagram, but Facebook's still capturing those people. <laughs> so illusion of choice, yeah. It, which is quite interesting. So I, I think it's a similar thing here that if these guys wanted to, they could make another console. Mm. But I don't know that there really is the opportunity for someone else to come in and make a fourth major console like they used to be yeah like back in the day there was like 16 consoles running simultaneously <laughs> but really that was the duke out to see who would come to the top and that's kind of the same with social networks like you had myspace you had all of these other smaller things the ones that naturally failed failed and then it rose to the top what was going to be the supreme market and that's yeah. what ended up happening and that's kind of how like monopoly capitalism capitalism works like you end up getting the people that get to the top and then no one else can possibly i, I would love to see another console i just don't realistically think that there will be one yeah like the ways that it could possibly look like just uh, doesn't seem like it'll work out 
Yeah. But there is one major console that we kind of avoided, which was mobile phones. Ooh. And actually, in a way, it is a little bit about uh, like what you were talking about, where there's multiple different devices from different manufacturers that are quasi open source and anyone can program for them. It is actually what you're describing. Yeah. Um, and oh, it's handheld shit. and it's with you and it can be made by like 15, 20, 30, 40 different manufacturers with this like uniform platform if we're talking about Android, for example. Yeah. Um, or you've got this closed in platform if you're talking about Apple. That's quite interesting. And I think that actually is coming to fill that gap that you're talking about. I don't like most of the games that are on there. <laughs> and we've talked about that in a previous podcast, so we're not going to go into it. Yeah. Um, but do you think there's an opportunity there in making a console console within that market? I would love that so much. Like what you said before, like having an UER2 would be fantastic. I love the concept of the first one. I love that idea of having like an Android console, but it just needs to be uh, strictly monitored for quality content because like, you know, I, got, I used to jump on Google Play and actually buy games. Yeah. Because they used to be good. And could. now it's just a wasteland. It's, like, it's so flooded. Um, even the ones that are edited as picks, I find to be terrible games. Yeah, like very average at best. All monetized, all of the stuff we talked about previously. Yeah, um, yeah so th- I agree with you. But then who is in control of curation? And if there is someone in control of the curation, then that basically means that it has to be like a Sony PS4 or Microsoft Xbox because you need that company to say, okay, we're the gatekeepers. Here's who can come in, here's who can't come in. And you comfortable with that? I feel like in the gaming space, I am comfortable with that. Yeah. Um, you know, like Steam did a really good way of doing this, which is putting it to the community using the green light system. Yeah. Which, look, it wasn't perfect. It had its flaws. It yeah. had its flaws. People exploited it. Um, but the general idea of it, that the community voted for what games they'd like to see come onto the platform, that was cool. Yeah. Because then it's kind of self-curated and there was no headmaster like that ran the whole thing no ringleader yeah it's like hey we're gonna let you in you play the fee to you know put your name forward and if you're successful you end up actually being on our store you've actually been curated into the store yeah you're proving that there's a market for your game so therefore you're able to sell it on a platform because unfortunately there there has to be a minimum level of quality (laughs) because otherwise (laughs) you just end up with like you said you go into google is i have to say probably much worse than apple in this regard yeah Uh, even though i'm definitely an android uh fanboy for phones because anybody can pay about 30 bucks get a developer license and you know post the sloganator 5000 official app what a piece of trash that is yeah download today (laughs) Uh, (laughs) but you know what i mean like how easy was that for us to do we made this app and I think it's a fun app. Like there's no ads or anything like that. It's completely free. We make no revenue from it, but it, it, it was so simple to make that in one day and get it onto the store in terms of the whole world being able to download it that day. Yeah. Uh, that's cool. But then what are the checks and balances to make sure that that game wasn't a piece of shit? <laughs> what checks and balances? I don't understand what this quality control thing is. And Apple has a, a modicum of that, but really they seem to have kind of pulled back as well. So okay. I agree with you. It would be cool to have a mobile device that's curated, but in a way, that's kind of the Nintendo Switch mm. and it's kind of the Nintendo 3DS. Yeah. So it kind of does exist, but I would like to see... Mobile phones have come so far that the quality of the graphics rivals, like it demolishes the 3DS. Oh, yeah. And it rivals oh, sure. the Switch. It's something that you already have with you in your pocket. Yeah. 
um, yeah, it's an interesting one. It's definitely something to think about. I don't think we have the answers. <laughs> Unfortunately not. On that one. Um, now, since we're talking about mobile, I wanted to bring up one of the new stories that's been circulating. So, Fortnite, probably heard of it. Yes. We're not massive fans of the game, um, though it is a very, very popular game, and we understand why it's popular. What you'll find is Fortnite's available on pretty much every single possible gaming console. Um, it's not on the 3DS yet, but I'm sure they'll try and work out. <laughs> that would be interesting. You know, you can get it on the PS4, you can get it on the Xbox, you can get it on the Switch, get it on your PC. Uh, you can get it on mobile as well. So you can get it on the iPhone and on Android devices as well. So you can't escape. Fantastic. Yeah, so it's everywhere. Great. Uh, so yeah, they're really taking the market by storm and they're just making copious amounts of money. So much money that they're like, we want more of that money. <laughs> uh, so the new story, of course, is that Fortnite released their game on Android, but they didn't put it on the Google Play Store. Ooh. And so that means that they're actually avoiding paying the Google Play fees of profit share when someone in game buys a skin, for example. So what they're meant to do is a 70-30 split, 30% going to Google, um, basically as a fee for being on the platform. Um, they're like, nah, fuck it. <laughs> we'll, you can sideload on Android. So what we'll do is release a launcher app and you can just install it and then download the game directly onto your phone. And you don't have to go into the Google Play Store, which means we don't have to give 30% of fees. Mm. So they get 100% of the profit. They keep it within themselves. Um, and with the PC version of the game, they have the Epic Launcher. The reason why they did that, same thing. They don't have to be on Steam, so they don't have to pay any revenue sharing there either. So it's pretty smart. It's also kind of cheeky. Very much so. And I always worry that you get off the Google Play Store and you're sideloading. And these are like 10-year-old people who play this game. Mm. And they're like going to be- Five-year-old people. Five-year-old people play this game. They're going to get an Android phone. So they have to activate unknown sources. Oh, that's a that's, that's a scary. Yeah? Mm. So they have to activate unknown sources to install this launcher. Um, there's already been reports coming out uh, that it's very easy to inject code into that launcher. So someone's already like multiple people have already said, okay, if you download that launcher to your phone and there's another piece of software on your phone, you can alter the launcher. So when you go to download the game, instead of downloading the game, it downloads spyware or adware Ooh. or viruses directly to your device. Because there's no protection there. Yeah. Um, and uh, Fortnite's already accepted that that's happened and they're working on a fix. But like that, basically the worst thing that could have possibly happened, happened immediately. <laughs> <laughs> Best time for it to happen. Though. So that's not good. Then all of a sudden you've got all these devices that are open to attack. Because if you don't turn off that unknown sources thing, you could click an app anywhere or a virus could basically launch an app. And just load other shit onto your phone. Yeah, because it's not going to ask you for control because you've already given it to it. Yeah. So, so I guess the reason why I brought this up is, do you think that they should have gone onto the Google Play Store? Or do you think that Google was perhaps charging them too high a fee for a game that was already so popular? Uh, and if that's the case, then how do the rules change for that moving forward? Yeah. Like, should they should games that are really popular and have a big following pay less? And if that's the case, then how is that fair for indie developers and things like that? This is a really interesting conversation. It is. I'm kind of a believer that they can do whatever they like. Like, sure, Google hosts this platform for people to use to be found. Yeah. But Fortnite has such a big following. All they have to do is say, we are on Android. Get us here. And they have done their own advertising. They've made their own code. They made it work with Google. Sure, they're using the Google platform of Android, but... They've made the decision to take the advertising on themselves, and that's it. Like they have every that's their that's their prerogative to do that. Yeah, uh, like it's very democratic mm. that that viewpoint. 
is everyone should be able to access it. They made it. They made it popular. Has really has nothing to do with Google except that that's a platform to release the game on, which exactly. is open source. So everything they've done, nothing's illegal about it. Yeah. It's just a bit... Obviously, they were doing it to avoid the fees. They weren't doing it for any other reason. Oh, no, no. And obviously, they, they, they may say that. Yeah, exactly right. <laughs> oh, oh, we're yes. doing it to make sure... That you... No, they're doing it so they can avoid the fees. Get that cash. So, I'm kind of with you. But then the, the, the follow-up question to that is, okay, if that's the case, should they be liable when a virus comes through that launcher and destroys that person's phone? Depends. So if like if it's a five year old, this is not legal advice. This is just our our thoughts. (laughs) Like if a five year old's enabling this thing to disregard uh, unsafe sources, Mm. and the parents are like, "Yeah, go for it, just do whatever." Yeah, that's on the child in that. What whoever the the person who whose phone it is or whatever. Yeah, but we we know that the parents aren't going to even look at this. Of course, the the kid's going to do it without anyone's permission. Yeah, It's, it's teaching them a behavior of going around the Google Play ecosystem. Yeah. Like, it may, it may be a destructive behavior that's being learned, but, like, I don't think there's anything inherently wrong with that. And if it's if anyone's liable, it will be the user because they are the ones, at the end of the day, who accepted the risk. Whether or not they know what they've done or not, that's still on them. That's like me getting in my car, not knowing how to change my oil, and just tipping some kitchen oil in there and being like, oh, you wrecked my car because you didn't tell me. But, yeah, but that's all. I'm with you. I'm with you. <laughs> this might be the first time that we, like, disagree. This is good. Uh how, what if you went to Super Cheap Auto and mm-hmm. they're like, oh, actually, our oil is kitchen oil and that's the only oil that we sell and if like we're so popular now that you have to take that oil and put that in your car because that's what we recommend. Because actually what's happening is Fortnite is telling their customers to go and sideload it. It's, mm-hmm. not a, it's not a choice of the customer. They can't go and get it on Google Play if they want it. They have to sideload and activate unknown sources. So the developer is actively telling the customer to do this you need to subvert the security feature and you have to download it our way otherwise you can't play the game yeah because that kind of puts the onus back on the company rather than the customer the customer's not making a conscious choice to do this they're just like i want to play fortnite yeah i'll do whatever i have to do like, to i'll get do this whatever fortnite. like yeah i'll do whatever i need to do to play fortnite mm. and the company's like cool well you need to do this yeah yeah i guess so they're putting the customer into a situation that could possibly put the device at risk that's where the lines blur a little bit for me mm, that's and, I'm a like, and i'm like hmm, i don't actually know like what do you guys think people that are listening now i'd really like to get your opinion on this because i think it's quite interesting i understand that legally they probably don't have to do anything yeah but this is like a like morality it's, it's like almost. a morality thing it's like <clears throat> when you get to a company that is this large now and has this much capital and the main thing that they're doing is like you put it into a nutshell there's a higher risk and the only reward is for the Epic Games company. Yeah, yeah, that's Not true. for the customer. Yeah. Customer gains nothing. In fact, they lose things that they're used to, like payment methods and stuff like that that they have on Google Play, the security of Google Play security updates coming through it. Like, they lose all of that benefit and, like, checks um, just so that Fortnite can make more money. It doesn't benefit the customer. Mm. It only benefits Fortnite. Fortnite. Yeah. So, we can be all like, yeah, it's awesome. They can do whatever they want. But at the same time, like, they, they didn't do it for the customer. Of course not. They did it for yeah. them. And that's their right, mm. currently. <laughs> <laughs> by current law, yes. Yes, by current law. And really, at the end of the day, there are some Android devices that don't have Google Play. So mm. I get it. I still don't feel 100% comfortable. And I'm sure that a few of you listening now might be in the same boat. Then again, thinking about it, like say, for example, Windows is an operating system. Android is an operating system. Yeah. Windows, you can go on whatever da- website you want and download whatever you like through No Launcher. Yeah. What 
differentiates that and Android. You know, it's the same thing. I guess the difference there is that the Windows platform has always been that way from the startup. Yeah. And the knowledge of virus protection, malware protect, prevention, that sort of stuff is built in. So like Windows 10, for example, comes with like a basic virus protection, spyware defense, like system built in yeah. that protects everything. Like it's not just protecting if you download it just through the Windows store. Microsoft would love for you to download everything through the Windows store. They actually, <laughs> they actually probably need to pay developers extra money to put stuff on the Windows store at this point. Yeah. But um, yeah, I think the difference is that that ecosystem has always been like that and you always had free reign to download and execute whatever code you wanted to. Yeah. So it's a bit different. That's a fair call because you already know that. Like that's part of it. Yeah. Sure. And, and that, you know, it's a fair point. Maybe that means that Android should change that because Android in a way is kind of like that. It is open source. But... If you've got a curated store where 99.9% of your apps come from and people use that and they're protected because of that, why would you subvert that if not to gain money? Yeah. So I don't know. It's an interesting one. We need to move on to the next topic. We, we could All talk right. about that for ages. Just, Just real quick. Google, Google Play still let you download some really bullshit games. Oh, and yeah. Get a whole heap of... I'm not saying what you're getting on there is good. <laughs> and I'm not saying what you're getting on there won't have adware or spyware. <laughs> just, just a little bit better than just random sources. slightly better. <laughs> That's a good point. Okay, let's move on to our third topic. So on the topic of consoles and devices, there's one that's sort of flown under the radar and we we have been puzzling, what the hell happened here? So virtual reality, you've got the two heavy hitters. You've got Oculus, now owned by Facebook, and we've got the Vive. Yeah. And the Vive Pro has just come out. And mm. you were telling me there's another system coming out? Yeah, I believe in May there was a um, a prototype for the Oculus 2. Okay. Um, which is pretty interesting. So they've done quite a few updates on my field of view, fidelity, um, focus. Yeah, so there's a lot of uh, a lot of incremental improvements in it, which is great. So basically, if I'm looking at an object and then something becomes closer to me, they'll actually change the way the panel displays that image so that it comes into focus for me. Is that right? Exactly right. It'll actually physically move the screens inside the goggles so closer cool. further away so your eyes can actually it's focus very on what's cool. close. So yeah, it's, we're making leaps and bounds here, which is fantastic. But okay, the, the thing for me is, if I want to play with a VR headset, I have to buy the headset. Cool. I got to get the controllers for it. Now there are packs we can get all that together. Cool. Sweet. Then I have to set up the cameras and I have to set up multiple cameras if I want to make sure that I've got a good field of view so that when I move my arms around, it tracks everything properly. Mm. That's kind of annoying. It's mm. kind of cumbersome. Like if I just want to like, oh yeah, I've got a bit of free time. Let me just jump in and play a VR game. I have to make sure that all the USB ports are lined up properly so they don't misfire. I've got to make sure that the cameras are set up correctly. The calibration's done. Uh, it's kind of a bit of a burden. And I think that's a big barrier to people getting into VR. So one of the things Oculus has done, which Baz and I were talking about earlier, is the Oculus Go, which is a fully self-contained system. But it's not six DOF or six degrees of freedom. It's three DOF. So you don't have that leaning in around the table, for example. Like there's an object on the table, you can't lean around it. So it's not real full VR. You just have that sort of head tracking motion. Um, Cool. Very cool for a portable device. I love the idea that when you want to play it, you just put it on your face. That's good to go. Slap it on and you're on there and it's just designed for VR. I think it's a really good device for people that want to try VR, get into VR for the first time. Mm. But we want to talk about mixed reality. Mixed reality? So you have a device. Mm. We, we have one. We've got the Dell Visor. You plug it in. It's one HDMI lead. It's one USB cable. You're done. It self-calibrates 
It has inside-out tracking, meaning that it uses the headset, accelerometer, and camera system so you don't need to plug cameras in. You don't need to set it up. You just plug it in, and within seconds, you're good to go. That's fucking awesome. And the other console systems haven't done it yet. They haven't (laughs) done inside-out tracking on their primary VR console. And you can get mixed reality, especially in Australia, for cheaper than you can get an Oculus or a Vive. So what the fuck happens? Why is it not more prevalent? Why is this not the most popular VR headset going around town? What do you reckon, Baz? I don't like what what happens here. I feel like I might know something about it, and it's due to mixed messaging. Okay. Speaking of mixed, mixed, yeah, yeah. Because I remember when Chris first told me, he's like, "Oh my god, there's this mixed reality headset. I need you to check out." I'm like, "Hold on a sec, mixed reality. I know what that is. That's like, that's kind of like Microsoft Hololens, right? Like yeah. it's AR, yeah." And it's like, no, 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 no. I'm like, why the hell is it called mixed reality? That's it. Like, mixed literally means mixed. That's you know? right. Like, yeah, that's right. Yeah, it's not virtual. It's not the actual, it's not like normal VR. It's, it's both. Mixed. Yeah, exactly. It's real world and virtual. I think it is a massive naming convention issue. So Huge. basically, what they were trying to do was build a family of products that ranged from HoloLens to VR, and they wanted them all to be called mixed reality. Oh, that's so bad. I'm like, on the surface, if Microsoft existed on its own little island as its own company, that makes sense. Yeah. It's kind of cool. Here's the family of products. This is where it is. Everybody understands what we mean. Unfortunately, that's not the case. And so if I was like the average punter going out to a store and I saw mixed reality, what is that? I don't understand what this is. Maybe I'm just going to leave that. I'm going to go for the ones that I've heard of before and I understand that they're VR. Yeah. Now, the other thing is it doesn't link in with Steam or Oculus by default. So out of the box, you have to use the mixed reality software. Uh, cool. <laughs> so it puts you into a house. You got the little Microsoft mixed reality house. It's cool. Uh, but there's very limited games. Um, there's not a lot that you can do. And it's very, I guess, separate from the other consoles in terms of functionality. That's a bit of a problem. So luckily, I don't know who did this, whether it was Microsoft or Steam or a combination of both, but luckily you can get uh, mixed reality integration for Steam OS, which is the best thing since last bread, because if they didn't do that, (laughs) the the, the console would kind of be dead in the water. It'd be doomed, yeah. And I guess that's a big part of why I was even slightly hesitant to get it. I'm glad I got this. I got it for a banging price (laughs) and uh, it works so well, honestly. Like it just does exactly what it says on the tin. And I find the tracking to be fantastic. Like we've both used HTC uh, Vives and we've both used Oculuses before. And I find the tracking to be personally the same. Mm. But there's no cameras. It just works. It's all self-contained. It's and you just plug it in. There's two cables. It's just done. Like there's so many benefits. <laughs> um, so what happened? Yeah. I, I think, um, what do you reckon? Do you reckon it would have been different if it was called Microsoft VR? I reckon hugely. Because what you said before about the whole family products being called mixed reality, that's like saying, all right, anything from bikes to cars to trucks to planes, anything with wheels, we call the family of products called vehicles. <laughs> yeah, I would like to buy a vehicle, please. Like, okay, cool. Tell me about it. Well, well like, Microsoft vehicles department. Yeah, exactly right. Like, what Like, what am I actually buying? And it's so much money that you don't want to muck around with it, you know? Yeah. Like, you know, like, this seems like it's cool. I'll buy it. And. But it's so fresh on the market as well. And there were so many brands to choose from. Mm-hmm. It would have been overwhelming. Yeah. And actually, the, the reviews that came through for most of these headsets said that essentially all of them were the same except for the Samsung one, which actually did have 
uh, a greater resolution and a greater field of view. Oh. Um, but other than that, they were all essentially the same. Like one of them might have been like 10% more accurate at this or, you know, they were so similar. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. it's the way Microsoft does it. They make it democratic. They make it open so that it's a platform and everyone can just build off it. That's fine. I don't have a problem with that. I think it's the fact that it didn't launch with Steam VR or Oculus. It didn't launch where there was a, like a first party solution to this. They tried to do their own thing, which is fine, but it didn't work. And the fact that it's called mixed reality is a massive thing. Yeah. Like my big thing is I think one of the reasons why the Wii U failed isn't just what it was. I think it, a little bit of is what it was named. Oh my God, Christopher. I've ever told you about the time that I worked at a secondhand shop and I had customers coming in and returning Wii U games and saying, oh, it wouldn't work in my son's Wii. This is the thing. Like, what? what? No, no, this is the Wii. It's like, oh, but aren't they both a Wii? Yeah. Like, yeah, no, it's a different console. Like, when you get to a point of market saturation like that, you can't be naming your console so similarly to your previous console. Yeah. Because Wii U doesn't insinuate Wii 2. Exactly. Even if it was just the Wii 2, (laughs) that would have been better. Really, it should have just been a completely different name. Yeah. Um, And look, I I think a lot of people will disagree with that, but I personally think, and we, we both worked in retail at the time that that came out, I genuinely believe that that was a factor. We had parents coming in trying to buy the console for their kids, and they would literally come up to us and say, hey, is this the new controller for the Wii? <laughs> Happened like probably five out of ten times. And that is way too high a hit rate. Is, you know something's wrong with I'm like, happens. no, 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 this is a new console. Oh, can I play my old games? Yeah, kind of. You can actually. <laughs> yeah, um, but you need to use the Wiimote. Uh, oh, what's this thing? Oh, okay, there's new games for it. It's, it's confusing. And yeah. I think that kind of, there was a bit of name confusion with the mixed reality headsets. I would love to see them continue to be worked on, and I hope that Steam keeps building out this VR compatibility because I've got the Dell Visor, and I love it. It's so comfortable. You can flip up the headset when you're not working with it so you can look straight ahead. Like There's just some cool solutions there that really, really shouldn't be ignored. What's cool is it leaves open a lot of ingenuity for different uh, companies to revise and develop the platform as well. Like said, uh, Samsung had better field of view and resolution Mm -hmm. that's cool you could focus on like you know more accurate yeah uh, registration of movement or you know add extra features like the dell flip-up flyers you know you could carve out your own niche for the vr thing and that may become a standard across the line which would be amazing you know all these companies are working towards forwarding this technology yeah that's the good point like if you have 10 people working on the same product they're going to want to one-up each other and they're going to introduce solutions for the customer that the customer might want. And then when it comes to the next iteration, you have 10 new products instead of one. And you're basically getting all these interesting solutions to problems. Like I bought the Dell because one, I thought it aesthetically looked the nicest. Two, it was the most comfortable out of all the ones I tried. So I tried quite a few of them and that was the one that just rested on my face in a way that it felt lighter than the others. Um, the tracking was really good. And that flip up, that sold it to me. Yeah. Because when I was playing with, uh, I've got, I had the Gear VR and I couldn't flip up. I'd have to take the whole thing off every time I wanted to stop. That was really cumbersome. <laughs> um, and every time one, someone wanted to ask me something and I had to like get out of the reality, I would have to physically pull it off, <laughs> go back in. The game might not relaunch. Like, this is cool. I can just flip it up. And when I flip it back down, I'm back where I was. Or you could use the front facing camera to see what was around you. Yeah. And that was one of the most strange disembodied so things I've ever weird. had. Looking yourself in the mirror and not seeing your own eyes look back at you is a freaky feeling. It was very strange. <laughs> okay, now we do need to finish up. This is a slightly shorter podcast than usual because I need to go check out a house. Yay. <laughs> All right. Um, so please let us know your thoughts. We've talked about a few different things. Do you reckon... Here's the three questions for you. Do you reckon there's room for another games console, another major games console? Do you think that Fortnite should have subverted 
Google Play's fees. Uh, how do you feel about that? And do you think that mixed reality failed because it should have? Or do you think that something happened there and it deserved a better whack? Let us know your thoughts. Sling us a sub on YouTube and flick us a follow on Twitch. I almost said Twitter. I almost, almost. did Twitter Yeah, you can follow us on Twitter as well, or Facebook, or Instagram, oh, and, or uh, even SoundCloud. Yeah, and also uh, thegamestormers.com, where you can read uh, indie reviews from all of our new reviewers. Yeah, read out articles. They're so good. Okay, we have to go. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much, everybody. Thanks we'll see you guys. next time. See you. Love you. Bye. Bye. This is the bit where we do the song about those things that we talked about. We talked about VR and lots of game consoles. Can there be another one? We'll probably never know. Thanks for listening and subscribe.